Today is Tuesday, January 2nd, 2024. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. A First Amendment win for a student who was booted for wearing a Bible verse t-shirt to school. We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast, where we bring you news from a Christian perspective. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating. You can send us your thoughts too, or just say hello. Quick Start Podcast at CBN.org. We're getting through the news of the cray here each and every weekday morning, bright and early. Joining me today is Billy Hallowell. Billy, happy new year. What's going on? Happy new year. I'm I'm just excited to actually be back in the saddle here. You know, we've we're back. I mean, it's been days of eating and celebrating <laughs> Jesus's birth. And now it's time to get right back to it. Yeah. I hope everybody had a fantastic Christmas and New Year's break out there. You got any New Year's resolutions? Do you do that? You know, I don't call them resolutions, but I do. And last year I had my most successful year with actually doing them. Okay. You know, one of them was to read the Bible, yes. which you and I have talked we about. both did that, um, completed. Yeah. And you've done it twice, I think. Now, I'm two, two years, years in, a in a row, kicking off year three. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So far. So, yeah. It's awesome. So I did that and I completed it and, you know, wanted to lose weight, get healthier, which I did. And so this year I'm kind of, you know, do both of those things I want to do again. And I try to like think through how do, what are the things I need to improve in myself? How can God help me kind of improve myself? So I made a list. I always do that on New Year's of things that I hope to just improve on this nice. year. Nice. Very good. Very good. And we just wrapped up, as you said, our year Bible in a year. And we ended with it end because ours was chronological, the one we did. And, and it ended with Ezra and Nehemiah. I love those two books. They're they're phenomenal. I love Nehemiah. Um, we'll talk about that in a minute, but I got to get to the rest of what we have coming up here. On the Focus Story, evangelist Nick Hall is continuing to bring the gospel to people around the globe. Billy's got more on that coming up. And Tim Barton, president of Wall Builders, is suing the Washington Metropolitan Area Transit Authority. We'll have the details on that story and more coming up here in just a minute. But first, we are going to get through the news here in 90 seconds. And as the rest of the world was celebrating a new year, the Hamas terrorists continued a massive barrage of missiles into central and southern Israel. The rockets were intercepted by Israel's Iron Dome, or many fell into open areas. Meanwhile, back here in the States, a caravan of anti-Israel protesters they caused quite a mess at JFK and the Port Authority as they were protesting, shouting things like NYPD, KKK, IDF, they're all the same. This is as holiday travelers were trying to either make their way home uh, from their holiday celebrations. And more than three years after a street preacher's daughter was sent home from school for wearing a t-shirt declaring that homosexuality is a sin, the family's lawsuit against the school district has come to an end now as they agreed to a settlement. The Overton County Board of Education in Tennessee, they're paying $101 to Brielle Pankoski. This is three years, as I said, after she was sent home from Livingston Academy Public High School for wearing that t-shirt with the verse from 1 Corinthians on it. Those are just some of today's top headlines. You can check out more stories over at cbnnews.com. Billy, we covered this story back when it happened, and it's one of these First Amendment wins that it wasn't a big settlement, and her dad spoke out about this one, saying that, look, it's a lot of people don't realize this, but most of these civil rights 
suits that happen just don't have any money. It's like a dollar or something like that. So he said this was actually more than we thought they'd get. But he's very excited about this win because even though on paper they don't admit any wrongdoing, they did have to pay all the court fees and the legal fees for uh, Brielle. And the teachers are now taking First Amendment courses that they have to take. And that was one thing that they wanted out of this case. And I think it's important because as we talked about, I mean, it was probably one of the bigger themes in 2023 on this podcast were all these First Amendment issues. And particularly, we see it on the Christian faith front. And I, we keep saying I, I don't see any signs of people trying to slow down that sort of form of oppression on speech, on Christian speech. And so to see this win and to see that First Amendment hold up there, that's one of those little wins that we're going to take. Yeah, no, and I think a lot of people don't realize that these battles are fought because of that, you know, because people want to make sure that these rights are protected. And it's so easy over time when you're not paying attention to lose the ability to have the First Amendment rights and freedoms that we do have in this country, and especially with kids in schools, because there's a lot of confusion, right? This is why Bring Your Bible to School Day is such a thing, um, because, you know, you have the right to do that. As long as you're not disrupting class, you can have your Bible and you can read it, you know, during lunch and, you know, before school, after school, during free periods. So I, I think it's important that people fight these battles. And I would remind people that a lot of these families and these individuals, they sacrifice a lot over years, as we see in this case, to, to win those small battles that have a big impact. Yeah. And I think it shows some of the bias because this shirt was clearly, obviously, to make a point, right? She's putting 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 10 on, on there and talking about homosexuality being a sin. But it shows to me the bias that, that exists in these settings, a lot of times in these public school settings where they're kind of admitting where they kind of view one side as good, one side as bad, because you can sit there and bring in all this LGBT propaganda into school and not worry at all about who you're offending. But then the minute somebody does it in the reverse, well, now, now all of a sudden it's a problem. Yeah. I mean, these schools, some of them are, are bleeding with rainbow flags, right? right? right. And so it's like, you if you're going to put that message out there, then people should have the right. And this is an important thing to remember, right? Even if you don't agree with this perspective, to hold a different position. Yes. And so, you know, we've got to protect that right and not allow emotions to supersede the ability to have those First Amendment freedoms be lived out. Absolutely. A hundred percent. All right. We're going to head over to our focus story now. And Nick Hall is embarking on a unique journey to bring the gospel to North Dakota. Before we get to this story here, Billy, for those who don't know, who is Nick Hall? Yeah. So Nick Hall, he's an evangelist. He's been around uh, for quite some time now. um, And he, for years, he's worked through this organization he created called Pulse. And so he'll show up and he hosts these big events. A lot of them, they've been international, but a lot of them around the country have been these massive gatherings with tens of thousands of mostly young people. Um, but he you know, really deals with all different ages where he's bringing the gospel to them, preaching to them, speaking to them. He'll kind of round up a lot of interesting people, well-known you know, singers and Christian speakers to put on these different, and, and I'm, I'm going to call them shows, but they're really evangelistic outreaches. And so he's done this for a long time and has really been on the front lines of spreading the gospel, um, again, mostly among young people in America. So what is the story here in North Dakota? What's going on? 
Yeah, this is interesting because somebody like Nick Hall, who's done so much nationally, and I think a lot of people, you know, when they become evangelists or they're dealing with a national ministry, their focus is really broad and wide. But he, for the next couple of years, is going to actually be honing in on North Dakota. Um, this is his home state. And so he created something that actually just wrapped up on um, this eight stop tour around North Dakota. He's calling it the reason tour. And he's basically trying to spread the gospel to every corner of North Dakota. And again, people would say, well, why North Dakota? That This is where he grew up. He was born and raised there. And so he has decided, look, we want to focus in, and, and I actually love this, like, again, he could be doing anything nationally, internationally, but he's saying this state for the next couple of years, we are going to blanket it in the gospel. And so that it's kind of a unique effort, but they're going to like schools, nursing homes, everywhere they can go to hold events. They're going to be doing that. And so he's already seeing life change. I think he said they're going to juvenile centers even. Um, again, any place, any gathering place that's open to hearing the truth throughout North Dakota. Yeah, and you, like you said, he could go anywhere. I mean, this is a guy with a ministry that has had a wide reach but I like that he's just going where he believes God is leading him to go and following what he thinks God wants him to do. I think that's great. And we look in 2023, Billy, another theme, we talked a lot about different revivals that were going on. We had Asbury, we had other ones breaking out on college campuses. What does Hall think about the state of revival right now? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. He said in these North Dakota events, he's seeing hundreds of people every night embrace the, the gospel. He's like, I think this can spread across the country. As far as what we've been seeing, and you go back to last January from DeMar Hamlin down the line to Asbury, um, you know, Nick Hall has been very vocal on these things, but he said he thinks we're in the middle of a reformation of sorts and that there's a shift happening. Um, he said a lot of the things that people like him and other evangelists have put hoping for a long time, or rather a lot of things that the public has put hope in, hoping for a long time culturally, those things aren't working. And yet, you know, here we are, we're watching God work through people like him and other evangelists. And, you know, they're being drawn to God, all these people around the country. And so he said, this is sort of an awakening moment. You know, a lot of people uh, are careful with the language they use, right? Because revival is, a, is often a very specific thing, but he, he sees a massive um, awakening moment with young people on the front lines of it. And he does believe there, there is revival though. And, um, he said, look, I've never seen anything like what we're watching happen. Um, and part of that is people being more open to this message right now, um, as we sort of deal with the culture that we're in. Yeah. And look, there's opportunities now people lament and rightfully so the sin that we're seeing celebrated across our country and across the globe in many different forms. And so that can make it feel depressing at times. But on the other hand, this is an opportunity for truth to be spread because as we've talked about a lot on this podcast, again, another theme was truth. I think people are desperate for truth. When you see things that are blatantly untrue, you know, man is a woman, a woman is a man, those sorts of things that we see pushed and foisted on the culture at large, people are going to be yearning for what's real because they know that's not true. They know that's a lie and they're being told to just go along with it for the sake of going along with it. So people are yearning for truth. That presents an opportunity for Christians because we have the truth. 
And did Nick touch on anything on that front about the irony sort of of this darkness that we're experiencing culturally and these opportunities it presents? He did. I mean, there were two things. One of the things he is doing nationally, um, in addition to the North Dakota outreach right now, is training young evangelists, right? So we see all these numbers about how bad, and we've talked about this on the show a lot, how bad it is among young Americans in terms of the gospel, how very few people are Christians in the young generation, how they don't really understand faith. And yet he's out there training young evangelists. That's something he's doing. And so while there's a smaller number of people claiming faith, he is seeing the young people who are be incredibly devoted and he's on the front lines of training them. Uh, But he actually had a quote. He said, everybody's complaining about the darkness and how bad it is. There's never been a better time to be uh, to be in the light business than today. Mm. Um, And so he's seeing, again, hundreds of people a night at these events embracing Christ. And while the culture is devolving, seeing this, he called it a tremendously exciting time uh, to be sharing the gospel because of those responses and reactions. So I think we have to remember that, you know, of course we don't want culture to be dark and chaotic, but at the same time, it's creating a lot of questions. You know, he said yeah. people are, are wanting to wake up in the midst of this sort of slumber. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. I mean, people are, like I said, they're starving for truth and we have an opportunity to give it to them. And I'm glad Nick is taking that opportunity and spreading that light into the darkness where he feels God is being led to call him. Good story to lead us off on 2024 with Billy. Thanks for bringing it to the podcast today. All right. We are going to head over to the main thing now. And Tim Barton is president of Wall Builders. And he told CBN Digital his organization is suing the Washington Metropolitan Area Transit Authority over the claim that Wall Builders bus ads were rejected for religious reasons. Barton and attorney Jeremy Dice with First Liberty join Billy for today's main thing. organization wall builders you recently tried to advertise with the washington metropolitan area transit authority and had an interesting reaction from them they rejected the ads take us through what happened yeah we we have been in the process of uh building a new website and we thought with a new website there's a few things we want to do even rebranding purposes and in Washington, D.C., for someone that loves American history, there's not many places you can get more American history than Washington, D.C. When you have the Smithsonian, you have the Library of Congress, you, you have the National Archives, of course, the Capitol building. There's so much history there. And we thought we would love to be able to advertise in a place where people, school groups, right, Americans from all over the United States are going to to learn and experience to see some of American history. We thought we would love while they're there, maybe to have them learn some more of the truth of America's history, which we try to highlight at Wall Builders. And so we thought, let's let's take out an advertisement and, and let's see if if we can get, especially once we have a new website, we're super excited about this. It's going to be so user friendly and uh, great for people to navigate. Let's let's take out some ads and and, and see if we can drive people to the website and, and increase kind of the public knowledge and perception of Wall Builders. And we worked with an agency in D.C. as we were working with that agency. Uh, they came back to us, and, and the ads were very simple. We we chose two pretty iconic images. We chose George Washington uh, kneeling in the snow praying, which was uh, 
a depiction done from a story that had come out after uh, the winter of Valley Forge, but also we picked the painting of the founding fathers of the Constitutional Convention, where again, George Washington, very prominent, he's the president of that convention. And then we just superimposed over that image, the word Christian with a question mark. We had a QR code uh, that was uh, kind of a link directly to our website, but specifically to an article that addressed kind of this question, were the founding fathers Christians? What do we know? What don't we know? Uh, let's let the founding fathers speak for themselves. And so then we have just dozens upon dozens of quotes from founding fathers talking about their faith in various ways. And we encourage people to do a deeper dive, go and study the history for yourself. And, and so really all we were doing was introducing people to the founding fathers through their own writings. We got word back to the ad agency that the the DC, uh, I guess it's WMATA, it's, it's kind of the organization over that, but they came back and said that uh, the ad was not acceptable, that it didn't it didn't kind of pass their code and their standard. Uh, and at this point, we start working with First Liberty and saying, okay, guys, what in the world can we do? Because in their standards, they had things like they would not do any advertisement if it was controversial, if it was political or religious. And all of those are such arbitrary standards uh, based on some of the advertisements they have run. And then certainly other things they're doing. So it, it was a very subjective, arbitrary standard. Uh, and it really seemed like we were being targeted. And to further kind of our our theory that we were being targeted is one of the things that First Liberty advised us to do is maybe just take off the word Christian and, and, and see if they'd be willing to run just the picture of George Washington, just the picture from the Constitutional Convention with a little QR code to the website. And the ad agency came back and said, that, that was still unacceptable uh, for the the individuals choosing this in DC because it still violated their standards. And at this point, this is when we had to have First Liberty step in and really help us because there's there's no doubt when you have such an arbitrary subjective standard that whoever's the one choosing can choose what they like and what they don't like. And that's exactly what happened. We were targeted. And so First Liberty has now stepped in to help represent and defend us. So, Jeremy, I want to come to you on this for a moment, but I want to read this before I do. The idea that advertisements were being precluded if they, quote, intended to influence members of the public regarding an issue on which there are varying opinions. I don't know that there's an issue that exists on the face of the earth that doesn't have varying opinions. Um, Jeremy, first, what was your reaction to this when, when this first came to you? Well, this has been an issue that has needed to be addressed in Washington, D.C. for some time. In fact, there's a circuit split on this very issue, meaning that uh, various courts throughout the country have taken different opinions on what uh, is allowed and not allowed when it comes to guidelines by these public agencies that govern their their advertisements. And you just quoted one of the most problematic that uh, you can't have issue ads that uh, you know the public has varying public opinions about. You're right. What, that, that's limitless. And what that does and why that's unconstitutional is it puts it at the arbitrary discretion of some administrator somewhere else. As one court put it, it puts it in the whims of the administrator. So if they decide, they decide that, you know, they just don't like Tim Barton or wall builders, they can deny the ad. But, you know, they don't mind having ads in Washington, D.C., for instance, for uh, Supreme Court term limits. Now, I know for a fact that there are varying public opinions about Supreme Court term limits. And so it's surprising to me that Metro would allow that to be in their, their advertisement cadre. Uh, by the way, there's also advertisements for Plan B, the contraceptive. Pretty sure there are varying public opinions about that. Uh, gambling, alcohol, social justice, schools, even advertisements for the play The Book of Mormon, which, again, uh, it's a satire show aimed at lampooning religion. 
I'm going to guess there are varying public opinions about that all across the country and especially in Washington, D.C. But as if that's not enough, that's just one guideline that's a problem. There's another one there that uh, we didn't even get to in terms of them telling us that it didn't violate their guidelines or not. But that's one that says you can't have anything religious. Well, look, we think that is unconstitutional on its face and have challenged that that provision as well. So we fully expect this case to go up uh, uh, at least above the, the district court to the circuit court of D.C. and potentially have to have the justices of the Supreme Court weigh in on this again, because there's no certainty around the country. And all these metropolitan areas have various uh, provisions just like this one that are having a negative effect upon churches, upon uh, feeding agencies, anybody that's coming from a religious perspective, putting the, the hand, in the hands of these administrators, these broad and very arbitrary standards to be able to eliminate speech on the sides of their uh, buses or metro rail stations. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really interesting because even the Book of Mormon, some might argue that obviously that's religious in some sense, whether it's supporting or lampooning, there's it's still a religious theme, right? So it's interesting you know, who's making that decision. It seems to cross into a lot of different troubling areas. Uh, but But Tim, coming to you on this, because at the end of the day, when something like this happens, you have a choice to make. You can either walk away and say, okay, fine, we'll advertise someone somewhere else, or you can challenge it. And a lot of people don't want to deal with the drama and the chaos that will unfold when they challenge it. So they walk away. In this, in this you know, situation, you have chosen to dig in on this. What has led you to make that choice? Yeah, well, first of all, I would say if it wasn't for groups like First Liberty, we, we would not have made this decision. Uh, First Liberty represents their clients for free. Uh, and this is something, as, as Jeremy pointed out, if, if this goes to the D.C. Circuit, this goes to the Supreme Court, this, this could be a very expensive case. And that really that that can be very cost prohibitive for a lot of individuals who are just trying to uh, have the freedom of expression, to have the freedom of religious expression, uh, to, to live out their faith on some level or even advertise their business, which might have some religious implications. So certainly if it wasn't for First Liberty, we would think differently about this. But but big picture, we also know that at, at some point you have to have the courage to stand up and, and say no when somebody's wrong, and especially when it comes to constitutionality. As we spend so much time studying history, uh, we recognize the, the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is good men to do nothing. And if we don't stop pu start pushing back against some of these tyrannical decisions, against these unconstitutional mandates or provisions or guidelines or whatever it is, that th th this case is much bigger than just wall builders being able to run an ad. This case really is about every individual who would want to do something that's been told no in Washington, D.C. And, and there are several examples of other groups that have tried to run ads and, and not overtly necessarily religious. There might be some implications, right? Maybe a suggestion, but they're not advertising hard one way or the other, but they were told they couldn't do it because they're religious. So for us, we know that people need to have courage and stand up, which we want to do. And we know that this is something that will be far more impacting than just us at Wall Builders. This is something that that hopefully, maybe not the same level as a, a Coach Kennedy or the Dobbs decision, but hopefully can have an impact that would make a difference for all Americans to be able to enjoy more of their First Amendment freedoms. All right, Billy, thanks for that conversation there. And again, this is another one of those stories where we're looking at just, I mean, he mentioned it right there at the end that this is one of those, eh, maybe not as big as this one, but they're all important because we're securing our right as Christians to be able to express our faith.
Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's incredibly essential. And also, I mean, this is a little different in that this is the government and advertising. And again, though, the similarity of what message is allowed and what message is not. And very clearly, based on what we're hearing there, it sounds like there has not been an even standard. Yeah, you know, absolutely. So. Well, I'm glad they're fighting it and I appreciate you bringing the details on that story to the podcast today. That's going to leave us with time. For one last thing on our very first podcast of 2024, we're going to take a look at, as I mentioned earlier, Nehemiah 1, 4 through 6. This is Nehemiah has learned sort of the remnant that survived the exile were living with, with the walls that were in disrepair. And this is what he says in verse 4. As soon as I heard these words, I sat down and I wept and mourned for days. And I continued fasting and praying before the God of heaven. And I said, O Lord, God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments, let your ear be attentive and your eyes be open to hear the prayer of your servant that I now pray before you day and night for the people of Israel, your servants, confessing the sins of the people of Israel, which we have sinned against you. And it goes on. And he's very bold in the face of a ton of opposition here. So I'm very encouraged by the story of Nehemiah. So if I would encourage all of you to read it if you haven't done so recently. Yeah, I, lo I love that too because it, it makes you want to do the same thing for yeah. our country and our culture, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you just see the the vigor and just, and even that response of the weeping and, and they bring and they read the law before all the, the people and they all weep and they realize that they've sinned. And so... And they turn back towards God. So that's that's fantastic um, encouragement uh, for us in our modern days. We're talking about this cultural darkness that's going on around us. All right. That's where we're going to leave it for today. As always, get on over to CBNNews.com and FaithWire.com for more news from a Christian perspective. God bless. Lord willing, in that creek don't rise. We'll see you tomorrow.